0: If you would turn to the book of 1 Peter, the first chapter, and the 23rd verse, it said, "...being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever." Verse 24 and 25, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower thereof falls away. Our identity does not need to be in this body or in what we can do physically. If it is, you're days, months, years away from an identity crisis You're a great athlete, you won't always be. If you look amazing, you won't always. (laughs) Why? Your your body, your physical part of your life is just like a flower. It will bloom, it will reach its peak, and then it's going to (laughs) fade. And so if your identity... Is in your looks. Or in your physical ability. Like I said. You are days, months, years away. From an identity crisis. Where you don't know your value anymore. But that's not what makes you valuable. What makes you valuable. Is what God paid for you. The value of a thing. It's determined by what somebody was willing to pay for. Phyllis and I went to lunch at a restaurant. Oh, this has been a year or so ago. And one of these uh, new McLaren cars came in. Was it a P? Somebody know what that model is? P1 or whatever it is. It's a $1.3 million car. We looked at it when we left we thought wow and this guy came by he said he cussed and he said that's crazy he said no way that's worth it and I thought it was to him the guy that bought it no way a car is worth that well people might look at you and go no way they are worth what Jesus paid for them but it was worth it to him and he knows Amen. what's valuable. Yes, he does. And the Bible said silver and gold could not buy us. Well, right. There was only one thing in all the universe valuable enough to buy you and me. Right. The precious blood of the lamb. And he paid it to get us. So the next time the devil tries to bring you any kind of idea or thought that you're not worth much. You're worthless, this and that. You tell him, you lying scoundrel, shut up and get out of here. If I'm so worthless, why, oh why did Jesus pay so much for me? The value of something is determined by what somebody's willing to pay for. Your, my value has been determined. It has been set forever in the price paid. To get us. And we were born again by the incorruptible Word, as opposed to corruptible. Other translations say imperishable. His Word is an imperishable seed, as opposed to a seed that can decay and grow old. The reason our bodies will grow old. It's because our bodies are born of a corruptible seed. Our bodies are born from a seed, but it's a corruptible, perishable seed. But your spirit is born, if you've been born again, your spirit is born again of an incorruptible, imperishable seed, which means your spirit will never grow old. Or decay or die. Because it's born of a seed that cannot die. Now that ought to bless you. And it'll help you to relax. When you realize I'm going to be around forever. It helps you to just breathe a sigh of relief. No, not in your body you won't. But this life is the briefest thing we're going to do. And one of these days when you slip out of this body, nothing for the believer to be scared about. You'll slip out of this body just like a hand slips out of a glove. And you'll be standing there. Your body will be laying there. An angel will be there. He'll say, you ready? You'll go, wow, I feel good. (laughs) Because you'll be no longer affected by curse. By death, by restriction. You talk about seeing, you're going to see colors like you ain't never seen before. Hearing, you're going to hear sounds and music like you've never heard before. But we'll get to that soon enough. We have a job to do. Something to be accomplished now, here, before that happens. Go with me if you would, for time's sake. Uh, Well, no, no. 1 Corinthians (laughs) 2. I get carried away when I study. I had an opportunity to speak at a minister's conference the other day, and I had 45 minutes. And when I got through studying, I had eight pages of notes. I thought, how is this? I I should know this by now. (laughs) Which is why we pray in the front. Lord, help us. 1 Corinthians 3 and 8. 1 Corinthians 3 and 8. Uh, let's see. Back up to verse 7. 6. You got to watch this because you, you wind up in Genesis because it's all, it's all good. He said, I have planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. Now, Paul planted what? The Word. And Apollos watered what? The Word. But God gave the increase. Verse 7, So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that waters, but God that gives the increase. You know, don't be hung up on which kind of vessel God uses. You know, if you're starving for water, what do you care what color the cup is? (laughs) That the water comes in. Whether it's a tall cup or a short cup or a thin cup or a fat cup, white cup, red cup. I mean, it's stupid. To be starving of water and say, I don't drink from white cups. (laughs) You better just drink. (laughs) Right? And that's what he's saying. Neither is the one that plants anything. That's not the big deal. Not the one that waters. God's getting something to you. Through these vessels, be thankful for what's in the cup. But looking at the outside of the cup, be thankful for what's in the cup. You sow that with other people, you'll reap that too. People receiving better through you instead of just looking at the outside of the cup. Verse 9, for we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Let me read this to you in the Amplified. Verse 8, he who plants and he who waters are equal. Did you know watering is just as important as planting? One in aim of the same importance and esteem. Each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. You we are fellow workmen. You are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. Moffitt's translation says, I did the planning. Apollos did the watering, but it was God who made the seed grow. He went on to say, you are God's field to be planted. We are, our hearts are the ground. God plants his seed in, his word. And that's how his results are accomplished. His seed, his word in our hearts. With that in mind, go to Matthew, the 13th chapter, and we'll read what uh, many call the parable of the sower. You could call it the parable of the seed. But it is one, I'm confident, one of the greatest teachings of the Master. He said so himself. Everything he taught (laughs) is great. We know that. But he actually told his disciples, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he said, if you don't understand this, how will you understand other things? Didn't he say? So this is, this is big. <laughs> big, big, big. It's recorded in Matthew 13. It's recorded in Mark 4. It's recorded in Luke 8. And I obviously referred to in places like Corinthians, other places. This principle, this great truth that God's Word is eternal, undecaying seed that He wants planted in our hearts and lives that will produce the fruit and the results of what the Word said. If you want a healing harvest, you're to be after some healing seed. If you want a, an abundance harvest, a provision harvest, you're to be looking for some abundant seed, deliverance harvest, good family harvest, whatever the case might be. How many believe there's a seed for whatever you need? There's a seed. But we must respect God's word and plant it and water it and nurture it. And if we do, incorruptible seed produces incorruptible results. Results that last forever. Matthew 13, are you there? Well, you're ahead of me. I was talking. (laughs) Matthew 13 and the first verse. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but other Fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now we'll see, Jesus expounds and explains this parable in the next verses. But we see that when he says some were like this and some were like that and some were like this and some four different categories, this is talking about people and all humanity is categorized into four categories, wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground. And what is sobering? is to realize that three out of four who heard the word got no results. This is sobering. Seventy-five percent of the people who had God's seed, His word, sown to them saw no changes, got no fruit, got no results. Only 25%. One out of four. Why would the Lord teach us this? Unless that's the way it is. Many that hear don't respond correctly. And so don't get results. This would answer a lot of questions. Wouldn't it? Doesn't it? It answers a lot of questions as to why so many church-going people, so many Christians, don't see results. But there is really good news here. (laughs) You're you're waiting for that, huh? (laughs) There's really good news here in that the devil's techniques for robbing people of the Word of God are exposed. And we can see it. Hallelujah. And it's all here for us. We can find out what caused the wayside ground people to be wayside ground. Because we ain't going to do that. What caused the stony ground people to be stony ground people because we're not going to be stony ground. What caused the thorny ground people to be thorny ground because we're going to find that out and we're not going to do that. Because we are We are good ground. Good ground gets good results. Good ground received the word, kept the word, the word produced its harvest. In their life, we're talking about results, results, miracles, fruit. And not just a little, 30 times what was sown. Sixty times what was sown. A hundred times what was sown into their life. This is the will of God. This pleases him. It's what he wants to see. It also reveals the devil's fear of the word. Why do all this? Why the moment the word is sown towards somebody does he rush? To try to get it and steal it before it gets in them, or if it does get in them, do these things that he does with stony and thorny ground to keep it from producing. Why? 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 He fears the power of God's incorruptible seed. <laughs> he knows what it can do, it can deliver you. It will heal you. It'll prosper you. And worse than that, other people will see it. (laughs) Other people will see it and they'll go, I want some of that too. Next thing you know, he's got people all over the place wanting to get in God's Word and obey God. It could get out of hand (laughs) quickly. (laughs) so what does he do the anointed word starts coming out somewhere man the red lights start flashing in hell and the enemy dispatches go get that word go get that word stop that word stop it and so they are on the job trying to snatch it before it ever gets in you or suppress it Or distract you from it. Whatever they can do. To get you to turn loose of that word. Because it is made to produce. And if it gets in you. And you water it and keep it. It will. Not might. It's an incorruptible seed. It will. Produce. A miracle harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) And it is entirely up to us which kind of ground we are. If there are problems, it's not a seed problem. It's a ground problem. So we talked about, let, let uh, let me read the rest of this and then we'll go back. The disciples, verse 10, they came and they said to him, Why speakest thou to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Now, that'd be puzzling to a lot of folks to hear that, but it has to do with those that respect him and those who don't, because he said, those that honor me, I will honor. And... uh, he said, verse 12, for whoever has, to him will be given, he'll have more abundance. And whoever has not from him shall be taken away, even that he has. Now, skip on down to verse 18. He said, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Man, this is so good. Jesus himself is going to break this down for us. <laughs> Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He just got through saying, you know, prophets, elders, others desired to see these things and didn't see them. But you see them. These are things that were hid from the foundation of the world. That things work like this and now they are revealed. Hear you the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and what? Understands it not. Then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. If you read Mark and Luke's account, you'll find that they added that the seed was trodden down. That means it was disrespected. If you step on something, you're obviously not respecting it. So it was stepped on, and it was never understood, and it never got in. It wayside, it was just on top of the ground. And the fowl just swooped by, pick it up. So this 25% of the people that heard the word never even got started no results ever even began and when people might say well that, that don't seem fair they didn't understand it yeah but it's your fault that you quit yeah. before you understood it yeah. you could have stayed after it yeah. you could have said that's important I'm getting that right. and if the first 40 times you read it and heard it you thought I don't get that you said I'm coming back up <laughs> to well, bath though, right here right? right." and if you'd have stayed with it You'd have got it. Yeah. And it's not because the word's so hard to understand. There are so many people that don't read the Bible because they believe it's not understandable. And they think, well, everybody's got their own theory and opinion about this, and who can understand it? That's a lie of the enemy. Yeah. The enemy is the one who tries to confuse you, but he is trying to block you from getting it. It's not that you're slow or that it's hard to understand. their spiritual opposition. You just ha- and, and the cure for it is you've got to be persistent. You've got to say, no, I'm, I'm after it again. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to listen to that again. I'm going to look at it again. And if you'll stay with it, there'll be a time when the light goes That's off. Right. Yes. Hallelujah. And you will have pushed past the opposition and you will understand it. And you'll receive it. And then if you want to hold on to it, the devil can't get it away from you. So we talked about that some. Then the next one is the one we've been on for a couple of weeks now, and we're still on today. And I don't expect to get off of it today. We may be on it next time, too. I don't know. Because it's so important. If we don't know what happened to them How can we prevent the same thing from happening to us? We need to know why they were wayside stony and thorny grounds. That's why we could wind up being not realizing what's happening. He that received the seed into the stony places. Now we, uh, as we studied last week, this doesn't mean just big rocks in the field. It means a thin layer of topsoil with rocks underneath. The same is he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it. So this is big progress beyond wayside ground. They heard it, obviously understood some of it because it, it made them rejoice. What would you be rejoicing about if you didn't understand anything? You heard it, you saw some things, you got excited, and you received it. With joy, received it, and joy is the indicator. No joy means no reception. You go, yeah, I've been in church now and 50 years. I've heard all, I know all in Scripture. No, you don't know any of them yet, honey child. <laughs> Because you, uh, (laughs) uh uh-uh, no. When you get it, when it gets in you, nobody will have to try to stir you up. You'll be going around going, did you see this? Did you see this? (laughs) And a lot of them will go, yeah, I've read that. No, 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 no. You don't see what I'm talking about. With joy they receive it. Verse 21. Yet hath he not root in himself, but doers for a while. It was a quick reception, but a shallow one. Shallow reception. And so they were excited, but it didn't last long. Why? Because immediately the devil comes To steal the word. Now now this is a revelation. That many church people don't have. The word. Is going to be opposed. If you lay hold of the word. In your life. You are going. To experience opposition. Because. Not because of you. Because of the word. And even though people might be involved in expressing it, it's from a spiritual source. It's from the devil. And this is shocking to people when they encounter this opposition. And it shouldn't be. If we read the Bible, he told us it's coming. They that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer, not being sick and broke, persecution. You you will not might not some do sometimes, no you will <laughs> you will but it's this ignorance that allows the enemy to confuse people. They're like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, this is not supposed to be happening to me, eh? I believe the word is supposed to be all over by the after tomorrow. No. uh Uh-uh. You will experience opposition. First Peter says, don't be shocked as though some strange thing is happening to you. Did everybody receive what Jesus preached? Was everybody happy about it? Did he experience opposition? Because of what he preached. Is the servant above. His master. No. Then if he experienced opposition. You are going to experience opposition. And you got. One of two options. You either stand your ground. You hold on to the word. And you make it through and overcome. Or. You take the easy way out you think. And you back off. And you let go of the word and you conform Mm -hmm. to ungodly religion Mm -hmm. and tradition that has replaced the word. Because you won't get persecuted for tradition. (laughs) Tradition is easy. Everybody will like you. (laughs) Nobody will fuss with you. And argue with you. <laughs> Only problem is. You won't get healed. You won't get delivered. You won't get your bills paid. But y'all will all be in agreement. <laughs> and, and people will quit bothering you. <laughs> I will take. The hundredfold. Yes. With persecutions. <laughs> is that right? Give me the hundredfold. Give me the hundredfold. (laughs) I'll deal with the persecution. Actually, what was it? It was back during week of increase. We talked about what hundredfold might be like in the persecution. Miss Gloria Copeland was sitting right here. She said, you'll get over it. (laughs) I thought, that's right. We'll get over it and it'll be worth it. Why am I saying this though? Look, look at the verse. Why? Didn't stony ground get results? I mean, they started off pretty good. They heard the word. They got excited about it. They understood some things. The devil wasn't able to just come snatch it away from them. They got it in them. They got happy about it. But they didn't keep it. And there came a point where they let it go. Why? Why would you do that? he dures for a while but when what tribulation or persecution now one word you could use for tribulation is pressure pressure and persecution the purpose of persecution is to separate you from it and to chase you away from it so pressure and persecution arises why Why? 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 Because of the word. Should we be shocked? We get a great revelation. We get excited about the word. We take a stand on it. We begin to confess it and say it. What happens next? (laughs) The enemy is going to try to get it away from you. How does he do that? Scripture says we're not ignorant of his devices. How does he do that? He's going to try to create, not try, he will create pressure against the word. And he will do things that will try to separate you, sever you, and drive you away from that word. When tribulation and persecution arises because of the word by and by, what happens? He is offended. Offended. From excited to offended in a short amount of time. Excited about the word, offended over the word. And the bottom line is... No harvest, no results, just like they'd never heard the word to begin with, none. It's quiet in here. Well, let me camp on this a little bit more, because we are not going to be stony ground. Come on, somebody say it by faith, I'm not. not. By By the grace of God, I'm not going to be be stony stony ground what happened with stony ground help me out they heard it they got excited about it and then what happened there was some pressure there was some issues about the word because of the word it's all about the word and by and by what happened they got offended now this word offended in the King James I think a lot of times it just kind of goes past, folks. And we have one idea of offended in our modern vernacular. But the word literally means to trip up or to cause to stumble. In fact, the same word is translated stumble in the same King James New Testament. So to offend in scripture language here, is to cause to trip or to cause to stumble that can result in a fall. And there's a perfect picture. Have you ever got up in the middle of the night when it was dark and you go cruising through to the refrigerator or whatever and you forgot that the coffee table was right there And you just slam your shin into the corner of the coffee table. Now, of course, you being a good Christian, there was no cussing. No cussing late at night in your house. But did that bless you? Did it? No. And were you offended? At that coffee table. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were like, ah, ah. And you're looking at the coffee table. <laughs> right? You. <laughs> 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 but was it really the coffee table's fault? <laughs> no. No. And yet, did you have feelings towards the coffee table? That feeling is what he's describing as offense. It's It brings you great displeasure because it caused you pain, because it caused you to trip and stumble. Can you see this? Well, the devil is in the business of putting things in your path to cause you to trip and cause you to stumble. And he wants you to trip and fall so bad and so hard that you lay there and cry and say, I ain't doing this no more. And the imps that were assigned to your case go, that's it. That's it. You ain't doing it no more. That's right. It's too hard. Not getting any results anyway. Well, no, not yet. And if you quit, you never will. Because of pressure. Because of persecution. For the word's sake. After a short time, they were offended. Everybody say offended. Offended. Go with me to John 6. Thank you, Lord. John 6, Jesus. Oh, this is good. Thank you, Father. Mm-mm-mm. We are getting hard for the devil to handle. We are, we are there's just more and more of his stuff ain't going to work on us. We're going to see it coming. We're going to go, I, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do. It ain't going to work here. Because I said out loud, I am not, I am not we are not, we are not ignorant, ignorant of the devil's devices. i not ignorant of it. In John 6, gee, there had been the multiplying of the loaves and fishes and the feeding of the massive crowds. And everybody around knew about this miracle. In fact, there was a bit of an issue arose over it. Because massive crowds just started following him around. And he had to tell them, no, it's not going to be supernatural lunch every day. <laughs> Read it and you'll see what I'm talking about. Because they're thinking, hey, this is great. We can just quit our jobs. <laughs> we can just follow Jesus around. And if anybody's got a cracker in a sardine, we're good to go. He said, no, no, no. He said, what you need to be, what you should be concerned about is not the food down here, but the bread that comes from heaven. Yeah. In John 6:61, 6, he said, the words I, he said, the flesh profits nothing, but the words I speak to you, they're spirit and they are life. And we know they are eternal, incorruptible seeds of life and power. And so in teaching and preaching on this, he begins to teach that his blood is drink. And his body, his flesh is food. And if you don't partake of his blood and partake of his body, you don't have eternal life in you. And up until that point, he was massively popular. And I mean... Big crowds were there, and there went a murmur through the big crowd. And folks were like, what? He's talking about cannibalism? How are we going to drink his blood, eat his flesh? Verse 56, John 6:56. Jesus said, he that eats my flesh... And drinks my blood. Dwells in me. And I in him. Verse 60. Many therefore of his disciples. When they had heard this. They said. This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? This is. In other words. I can't go along with this. I'm sorry. But. No. This is where I draw the line. When Jesus knew it in himself that his disciples, that that who? These are not just visitors. These are people, not just the 12 now, but there were many that were called his disciples that had made some commitments. His disciples murmured at it. He said to them, Does this offend you? (laughs) What happened? Man, they were moving along so good. He's preaching. He's teaching. Sometimes half a day at a time. Sometimes all day. Miracles. Healings. Deliverances. Signs and wonders. Man, it was going so good. And then all at once, oh, oh, ah, ah, Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) only what what are they offended at what did they just stump their toe on Uh. and Jesus says oh does this offend you now here's something he had to minister to me more than once If you read the rest of this passage there were maybe tens of thousands of people who said, take my name off the mail list that day. He did not chase them. He did not try to explain himself. He did not ask them to be patient and give him another chance. Because it wasn't him. That was failing a test. It was them. Now, if we've missed it, we need to repent and get it right. But we need to be secure. It's insecurity that makes you chase everybody and try to make them like you, chase everybody. Pastors try to chase their people and get scared somebody's going to leave. Scared somebody's going to get some of my people. Well, they, they ain't your people. Never were. No. If you're doing what the Lord told you to do, if you're preaching what he told you to preach, teach, if you make a mistake, admit it, repent it. But if it's what he said they got offended over it. It's their problem. Not yours. They're the ones need to repent. We'll see more about that in just a minute. But uh, keep reading. He said, does this offend you? Does this offend you? Verse 64. There were certain of you who do not believe. I'm reading the Young's literal translation, I guess. For Jesus had known from the beginning who they are and who are not believing and who is he who will deliver him up. And he said, because of this, I've said to you, no one is able to come to me if it may not have been given him from my father. Like I said, he didn't chase them. He didn't try to, he said, oh no, 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 I'm not talking about cannibalism. Please give me a minute to explain it. No. No. That's why he said he's teaching the others in parables. Why? We live in a generation where there is such a feeling of entitlement. And it's wrong. It's ungodly. And it's not how God works. If you don't respect him, the beginning of knowledge is the fear and reverence of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom and understanding. If you want to mock. If you want to show attitude. You will remain in your ignorance. And death. Until you decide. To give honor. To whom honor is due. And show some respect. And what happened here. that said he knew from the beginning. Who believed in him and who didn't. So he had a lot of people who were disciples. Who didn't really believe in him. As long as everything was going good and there were no issues and there was no pressure, they are fair weather disciples. But the moment there was any kind of pressure and any kind of something to overcome or something they didn't understand, they are ready to quit. Quick to believe lies about him, which showed they were not really hooked. They were along for the ride as long as it benefited them and they liked it and enjoyed it. You'll hear this phrase. Well, in fact, uh, go to Mark 6. This is also in Matthew 13. but Go to Mark 6, please. Mark 6 and 2. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him, were astonished. And they said, Where did this one get these things? What wisdom is is that which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joses and of Judah and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? And what? And what? They were offended at him. Now here's something keep your ear open for. When people say, who do they think they are? Oh, they, they think they're so big. They think they're so important. Is it really that they think too much of themselves or that you don't think enough of them? Now that was worth you combing your hair and, and coming out. <laughs> well, just take it in this example right here. Was it that Jesus thought too much of his self? Huh. What was the problem? They didn't think enough of him. They were judging him after the flesh. Who is he? I know him. I know his mom. I mean, my brother works with his sister down at the convenience store I mean we all know him who's he standing up saying he's anointed this is how the devil works to sow seeds of offense and the purpose of it is to separate you from the word to prevent miracle effects of the seed and the harvest Say it again. I'm not ignorant ignorant. of his devices. devices. Did you hear that phrase? When you hear the thoughts come to you or you hear other people say, oh, they think they're so big and they think they're all that and that should set up a a flag for you. You should go, hold on now. (laughs) Is it that they think they're so much? Or is it, that this person hadn't seen all the results that they want to see. And because of some pressure and effects now, they're quitting and giving up. And so they're actually mad at somebody that does get results, that has gotten results, that saw it through. And instead of taking responsibility, they want to blame somebody else and find fault with somebody else. He said... uh, when it said they were offended at him. Jesus said a prophet's not without honor. But in his own country. And among his own kin. And in his own house. And he could there what? Do no mighty work. You can say it like this. He couldn't. Didn't say he decided not to. He couldn't do any mighty works. Save or accept that he laid his hands upon a few sick. Some translations say sickly. Minor ailments. Because if it was blind eyes and deaf ears, that would be a mighty work. And healed them. Oh, friend, this is, again, sobering. Even in the ministry of Jesus, with the anointing on his life, with the revelation of the word coming through him, offense stopped the effects of the word of God in these people's lives. It don't even sound reasonable that anything could stop the effects of the Word of God. But we're reading the Bible. We need to believe what it says. Go with me to Galatians. We'll see if we can wrap this up. Why was stony ground stony ground? What made it stony ground? Let's review a little bit. Help me out. What happened? Oh, come on, surely you hadn't forgot it by now. There was a quick but a shallow reception. Had no, no depth of earth. Luke said it lacked moisture. They didn't water it. They didn't continue to let it grow and develop. This is one of the biggest revelations. It's not just about you hearing a good message and that's the end. That's the beginning Right? It's the beginning. You hear a good message. You got revelation. You got excited. If you received it, that seed was planted in you. That's not the end. It's the beginning. You got to pour the water to this. Is that right? You got to keep hearing more anointed word on this same subject. And you got to get that deeper inside of you. If there are no roots, there are no fruit. Why do you need roots? Because the attack's coming. I'm not talking about just attacking the physical. The pressure, the thoughts, the arguments to try to offend you over this thing. To get you upset with somebody with something so that you trip and fall and get discouraged and go, this tithing stuff don't work. This sowing and reaping's a bunch of junk. That's just preachers came up with that to line their pockets. This, this healing stuff, that's not, it's not right. I mean, obviously it's God's will for people to be sick sometimes. We, we just don't know. No, no, no. You're just letting the devil rob you. That's all. And even though people do make mistakes, the Word doesn't, never has, never will, the Word, the incorruptible seed, works every time. If you get it in good ground, you water it and you keep it. May not be tomorrow, may not be next week, but it will produce its glorious results. Hallelujah. You'll have healing harvests, you'll have abundance harvests. Hallelujah. Protection harvests. Spirit led harvest. You'll have victory harvests. But it's not for the faint of the heart. It's not for those that stump their toe. And cry and quit. That's what makes stony ground stony ground. Easily offended. Easily hurt. Stump your toe. Cry and quit. Somebody say not me. Not Not me. Not me. In Galatians 5 and 7, 5, 7, he said, "This is Spirit of God through Paul writing to a church he founded." He said, "You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Who is behind these kind of hindrances? Anybody know? It's the devil." It's the devil. He can't stop you. Only you can stop you. He can hinder you. He can. He hindered Paul. He came to hinder Jesus. He can. He can do some things down here. He can hinder. The objective is to throw stuff in your path to pressure you, to hinder you, to wear you down until you voluntarily give up and quit. That's the objective. He can't make you quit. All he can do is hinder you. Say it out loud. He can't make me quit. He can't. It's beyond his ability. It's beyond his reach. He can't. He can hinder but he can't stop it. He can't make me quit. And here, here, the Spirit of God through Paul is saying, "You were doing so well. Does this sound like Stony Ground? Yeah. You got excited. You received the word. You were, doing, you were, you were running. You were picking them up and putting them down. You, you were making tracks. What happened? Who did hinder you that you should not?" Obey the truth. The, the WEB says you were running well. Who interfered with you? Now, listen to the definition of hinder here. It means it's used of impeding, by breaking up the road, by placing an obstacle sharply in the path. Same thing we're talking about putting something in the path. Verse 8. This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. This is not from God. This hindrance, this stuff. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Beware of thoughts of offense. Because it'll work like yeast. And it just starts working through. And a root of bitterness can defile a lot of people. Make up your mind, I'm not doing that. I'm not talking about them. I'm not feeling hard for them. If they're way on out beyond me, glory to God, good for them. I'm on my way. right. Right? How is it that I don't think highly enough of them? I should think very highly of them. It's not my job to decide what they think of themselves. That's between them and God. He told them not to think more highly of themselves. And I mean, you've got a full-time job taking care of you. <laughs> Verse 10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubles you will bear his judgment, whoever he be. And I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the what? The what? Offense of the cross ceased the real gospel is offensive (laughs) not to us believers but to unbelievers it's offensive when you say Jesus is the only way you offended billions of people (laughs) yeah you did because you just told them Their religion is nothing. (laughs) You take a stand like that, you will be persecuted. Here we go. You're so narrow minded. You're what's wrong with this country. So ignorant and narrow minded and saved. Don't forget that. There's a broad, wide way, all inclusive. That leads right off the cliff to destruction. And there's a straight and a narrow way. To salvation. And few relatively. That find it. The real gospel. Is offensive. To the world. That's why there's persecution. The real truth of the word. How many millions of church going people. I've been offended at the message of healing and faith. Faith in the... Oh, oh. People get so mad. You trying to say something's wrong with me? I don't have enough faith. Well, do you? You trying to say you got all the faith? It's ignorance. But folks don't realize that offense... It's what kept the word from getting in and staying in them. It could have helped them. How many millions of church going people. Offended over the message of abundance. And sowing and reaping. Tithing. You want to see people get mad? Bring up tithing. Well what is it? Sowing and reaping and tithing. Whoa, millions of people will go. Oh. 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 And they despise it. They despise folks like me. Folks like us. That talk about plenty. That talk about abundance. That talk about 30, 60, 100 fold. Big buildings. Yeah. TV. Yeah. Airplanes. Yeah. And ships. And, yeah. oh, but are there millions of people? That offends them. That offends them. And here's, here's the problem. That ain't going to hurt me. And those of you that believe it, it's not going to hurt you. It will hurt them. Because whatever you judge somebody else for having, you just judged yourself unworthy of it. Because you said people ought not have that. So if you do get some, you're a hypocrite. If it's wrong for me to have it, it's wrong for you to have it. God doesn't like it, he just do not like it, no matter who you are. No, we need to see if it's really the Word of God. Yes. If it's really the Word, if it's really the Gospel, and it offends us, we need to get over ourselves. Yes, right. Is that right? Yes. I don't care if it's what Grandma believed and what Daddy and him believed and our denomination believed for the last 200 years. If it's wrong now, it was wrong 200 years ago. That's right. A lot of folks just didn't figure it out. Jesus said, your traditions have made the Word of God. Of none effect. And it's by clinging to a tradition. People get offended. At the actual word. When you hear the truth. And it jars you. And it upsets your convictions. Then don't get offended. Don't get mad at the coffee table. Back up and go. Is that really the word? Is that really the word? If it's really the word, you'll find parts of it in the Old Testament, in the Psalms, in the prophets. Get to looking. Put your nose in the book. Come on, are y'all with me? And if it's the word, get over your offense. Right? And say, well, I guess mom and daddy was wrong. I guess our denomination was wrong. Because this says this. And in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Here's 14 verses that say the same thing. Right? So the word hasn't changed. Isn't going to change. It's the incorruptible eternal seed of the word of God. So I need to change. I'm going to change. And I'm not going to let be wayside ground. That that can't even get in me. And I'm not going to get offended and be stony ground. I'm going to be good ground. Not just for anything but for the word of God. For the word of God. I'm going to be good ground. How many it's your desire that every word of God be able to get in you and stay in you? Whatever mind renewal it takes. And it'll take some. And then once it gets in you, is that the end? It's the beginning. What's going to happen? The enemy is going to try to pressure you, wear you down, get you offended somehow. But good ground makes it through all that. He said, if I preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. If everybody, including unbelievers, like your preaching, it's a bad sign. (laughs) It's a bad sign. (laughs) You're certainly not like Jesus. Because did everybody like Jesus preaching? All oh, the religious leaders hated Jesus teaching and preaching. Oh, they hated it. And that's one of the biggest things drove them to kill him. And there were times half his crowd and supporters left. Because they didn't like what he preached. But he didn't chase after him. He said, does that offend you? Well, okay. And when they all left, he looked at the 12. What did he say? Y'all going too? That's a far cry from going, oh, please don't leave, please. Everybody left me today and y'all got to stay. I'm getting clearer and clearer revelation about this myself. I trust that you are too. I used to think when I first started in the ministry that the biggest problem was ignorance. The prophet said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And and I thought, that's the biggest issue. If everybody just knew. But I didn't read the rest of the verse. The very same verse. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. And I'm seeing more and more. It's not just ignorance. Folks don't want it. They don't want it. They don't want to have to go through anything to overcome. They don't want to deal with any pressure or any persecution. I want the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. I want the results. Do you? Yes. I want the results. I want God see. To do it's full thing in my life. I want him to get the glory. I want people to be able to look at our lives. And go look at that. Look at the goodness of God. And them get inspired. Is that right? Would that be worth some persecution? Would that be worth some pressure? Would that be worth. Getting over your, your toe getting stomped. Getting up and going on. And saying none of these things move me. Yeah. Stand on your feet everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise be to God. Oh, just lift your hands. Let's begin to thank you for his incorruptible seed, for his eternal word that cannot fail. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah.